Welcome back to the Tracks to Podcast, where we get elite running guests, coaches, and people involved in the sport and ask them all the questions you want to know. Unfortunately, you won't have Lloyd as a host today, so you're going to be stuck with me. But I am joined by a stellar guest in high school sensation, Simeon Birnbaum. Thank you for the continuous support on the podcast, and it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on whichever platform you listen on, because it helps more than you can imagine. Thank you and enjoy the show. Okay, Simeon. Simeon, how are you? Uh, no, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Good, good. How are you, like, in terms of your season right now, what's next? Because obviously, we've, you just did quite a lot of races, I feel like notoriously a lot of races i've seen a lot of people seem to be saying things like why is he racing so much which it's not even that much especially with super spikes now but how are you feeling and uh what what can we expect from you in the near future feeling good you know it was like a lot of races within a short span you know it was like three within five days but other than that i've really haven't raced much like i would say i've had a total of five really hard races all year so looking at it from that way, like an outsider might think I'm racing a whole bunch, but um, since my last race, I'm not, I'll have two weeks off before USA's where I'm just training and um, getting back in my usual routine. And then yeah, my next race is USA's and that'll be my last one of the season probably. unless I make worlds. I mean, can you even class the high school races as really hard races for you at this point? Seems pretty easy. Me. at the national level um they're, they're 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 difficult some of them aren't completely all out i would say i had two or three completely all out races but um some of them like uh at nike nationals in the miles since it was just a sit and kick race like that won't take a whole bunch out of you compared to like time trialing i just want to say as well for anyone listening i wasn't actually being serious like the the high school level at the minute it's probably the best high school level we've ever seen in the history of high school running so for anyone listening i wasn't actually being serious about saying that it's too easy for you because at the minute there's some phenomenal runners but i do agree with what you said about how time trials is a completely different kind of race to and feeling afterwards how you feel after let's say like a burn up and one thing i do yeah. ask you, which just reminded me of that in a lot of these burn ups even at slower races you seem to position yourself quite far back and that leaves yourself a lot of work to do. Is that deliberate or is that just something that happens in the race and then you've got to kind of, kind of deal with the consequences of that? No, it's completely deliberate. Um, I have confidence in my speed. And so uh, if I can go straight to the back, run right on the rail, um, have the wind like broken for me, I would rather have that than risk getting boxed in, um, even if it means – some people might think it's more safe. I think it's more safe for me to just go straight to the back. And it just takes so much out of the, like the equation. Like you could get clipped, you could get boxed in. And so when I'm in the back, like when I want to go, I can go, I just swing out into like lane two or three and just start like moving past people. And I haven't got burned by it yet. I mean, maybe I will. And I'll have to rethink that when it comes to higher level racing, but so far it's worked out. Yeah. I think it's, the, you stay out of trouble. And I think the key thing you said there is you've got confidence in your ability. I think, especially in like a burn-up, you're really only one and a half seconds from the front if you're all together anyway. So it actually mm -hmm. doesn't seem as bad as it looks because it's very easy, especially with your speed, to be able to move out wide and actually make a move, especially on the straights. Like you can pretty instantly go from, I mean, we saw that, like you went from pretty much last to second within the space of 200 metres in the in the mile race uh, at Eugene. So, you know, it's it, it works, and I feel like it's something that Jakob Ingebrigtsen also did at your age in races a lot. I know now he races a bit differently, but it seemed to – he always went to the back because 
like you said, you avoid any trouble. And also that that first hundred, a lot of the time you're almost running full out and the unnecessary fatigue you can get from that isn't kind of worth it if you do trust your speed at the end of the race. So I think that's a good tip for anyone who's listening to sometimes kind of back yourself in the closing stages and not try and force it at the start because it can avoid quite a lot of issues. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think you can learn a lot from how Jakob races because he seems to either go straight to the front or straight to the back, especially with pacemakers. Going straight to the front is like the best thing you can probably do if you're in good shape because it takes, it's pretty much like running in the back, but um, just running behind pacemakers. So like, and then if someone tries to pass you, you can realize that and then you can decide if you want to like get more boxed in, if you want to continue pushing the pace. So the, I think both of those situations, either front or the back, they have the most like open end possibilities where you can decide what you want to do with your race. And it really allows you to have your race in your hands, which is the, the main reason I like to do that because who wants to be in a race where um, there could be circumstances out of their control that ends up like them not performing the way they want to. Yeah, exactly. I think that's just, I guess part of the sport as well, like a lot of things can go wrong. So as long as you're controlling what you can control, which I guess for you is staying at the back, then it just means you're more likely to perform how you are capable of performing because there's less external factors having an effect. Well, do you think that will not, I don't want to give away your tactics, but will the USA's remain the same? Obviously, it's a completely new environment for you. Do you think that's what's going to happen there? And you're just going to try and get through the rounds and see what happens? It'll be interesting. Um, I'm trying to think about what I'm trying to do. And I guess... Maybe when the heat sheets come out, I can get a better idea of like how many guys will be in my heat, um, who they are. And then it'll be maybe a couple of conversations with my coach. Um, I would like to keep like the same tactics. I would like to just go into the race like I usually do and not try to change too much up. I think I'm in good enough shape where I can compete and I can be right in the middle with most of those guys. So I'm going to try to keep racing like I have been all year and not really let them intimidate me. And are you tempted by, I know you just said USA's, but are you tempted by any high school records before your, your high school season's up? I'm not, not really. Uh, I'll have a chance in the 15. Like, it's not a great chance, but like, if the weather is really good and I make it to the final and the final goes quick, it's a possibility. Like, I think I'm in really good shape, but I'm not that worried about it. I'm just worried about competing and doing the best I can on the day. I guess that's a race experience as well. It's probably more important especially going into NCAAs where the races are completely different to high school races. It seems the nervous, the depth is much more serious and you're kind of just a different environment. It's more of an elite environment as well. So I guess it's worthwhile practice going into the season ahead because probably a lot of things do change. And we kind of see sometimes when people go from high school level to the NCAA level, it takes a while for them to adjust, especially at the championships. So I guess it's worthwhile experience just trying to get a feel for how you can race against people who are better than you or at least on paper are better than you at this point in in your career i guess 100 percent. you know like this is probably the best step for my career right now just to getting this experience because with the goals i have looking forward with my time at oregon um, i'll need i'll need to be pretty good pretty quick so the more experience i can get in high school that will help me like going into the trials or going in the ncaa's that will be uh just it could be like the difference between making an Olympic team or not, like whether or not I'm used to going through rounds and I, and I know what to expect. You just like, just doing it once, even if you can't like think of reasons in your brain that will help you in the next event, 
like subconsciously, I believe I'll just be able to be more relaxed. Um, even if I don't fully realize it and can't like put into words a lesson I learned from it. I mean, I don't want to keep on drawing on what Jakob says, but he says as well. And his dad, it's like you, you, when you race, that's something that training can't do. And it, it really just gets you ready and gives you an extra competitive edge, which ultimately results in faster times and also placing better. So it's, I think a lot of people sometimes neglect races a bit to try and say, oh, I'm not ready because I'm not fit enough. Or, you know, in a lot of cases, people like maybe even in your shoes would go, there's people better than me at the USA's who've ran sub 330. Am I out of place there? But it's just learning experience. And I think that's the most vital thing, especially at your age. One thing I do want to ask is now, obviously the season you've had, it's okay to be in hindsight and go, yeah, you're a seriously, seriously good runner. And that's how it is now. But, was there, was there a turning point when you kind of realized, like, I'm going to be going to the USA's this year, I'm going, like, I'm this level? Or was that always the aim for this season? Or was there a moment where you were like, ah, this is actually reality now? It was definitely the aim for this season. I came in with the goal. My main goal was to qualify for USA's. And by doing that, it was just another stepping stone for um, my main goals for next year. Like I said, the experience is going to be priceless. Uh, I'm so excited to race these guys. Like I've raced one pro race before, so I have a, a little taste of that, but I'm really excited to like dive fully in and experience my first U.S. championships. And I'm pretty blessed to do it at a, at a young age for Americans. I mean, uh, in some other countries, like it's more of an average age to do it. And that's what I'm trying to replicate. I'm trying to be uh, a little bit better earlier. I think that Americans are sometimes late to the late to the like world scene i think that's just because of the high school and college system but i think if i can start getting used to it now it will be uh, pivotal later on and so after the usa's i guess the worlds and then well i mean the, the end goal is the worlds but after that if if you don't make the worlds would you just shut down the season there and then get ready for i guess, I guess cross country it's probably instantly pretty much a quick turnaround for next season per correct yeah i'll just shut it down I really don't anticipate making worlds just because even if I was to get top three, I'd still have to have the world standard, which is like 334. So most likely um, I'll just, whatever happens, I'll be like, okay, cool. doesn't matter that much. I wasn't expecting to do too much and I'll get ready for building a base for cross country. And in between that time, do you, do you plan on having some like off season going on holiday and stuff like that? Or is it literally just straight back into training? As a family, we don't have any holidays. Um, I'm going to a camp with a new generation. They're pretty, pretty cool running influencers. So I'll do that and I'll get to hang out with some of my running friends there. But, and then it's only, when I get back from that, it's only like three weeks. So I have to um, be on campus. So not a whole bunch of time. Um, I'll just use it as a time to relax and kind of wind down from the season and get excited for what's coming. And what are you like most looking forward to with that, I guess, change of scenery and change of pretty much everything in your entire life? Like, what are you kind of looking forward to? I'm looking forward to having a team for sure. Like I have a team, but not like teammates I can run with. And that's, it's like an easy day and I, I want to go really easy. So I'm also excited to like going into a workout, knowing I have people to do it with me and that we're like, you, you just like really bond, you know, when you go through stuff together. And that's what I'm most excited for is creating a bond with the guys um, and just all going for like a common goal together. And I feel like that's going to be super cool. and. Uh, it's really going to be, I think it'll be a really fun time. And are you, I guess, well, I don't know how this pans out, especially with the discussions with coaches and stuff. Are you planning to race cross country for the university this year? 
as a scorer or is that conversation not happening yet or do you know what's happening there? We haven't talked about that too much. I desire to compete for the university, but I understand that if I'm not scoring, there's really no point in having me on the team. But I believe if, if I'm scoring for the team or I'm in the top seven, I don't see there's a why there'd be a reason why I shouldn't because it won't really hurt me for track. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see a reason why I wouldn't. Is that something that's like, I guess, for anyone who doesn't know, like in a normal track preparation season, which I guess is the main goal over cross country, even though university kind of shifts a bit because it's like a much more heavier team-oriented event, is that something that's you don't really shy away from? Is the full like aerobic cross country training? Do you think that kind of gives you the strength you need for track season? Definitely not for middle distance runners. I mean, I think eight hundred is around the cutoff where cross country could possibly hurt you. But I think being a fifteen hundred meter guy, or that's my goal. I think that would be my main race in college. Um, just looking at like what Jakob does, even though he's maybe more of a, a two mile five k guy um Hisham Algaruz is training like most really good 1500 milers they run quite a bit of miles so I don't see why it would hurt me to do any base training and really focus on the aerobic side of the race yeah I think we've learned that in the like recent years like aerobic training really complements 15 especially like I mean we've seen what like 10 people run sub 330 this season already so it's clearly more training has been really adapted and I guess that the question I did have, which was, I was going to ask a bit later, but it kind of folds in perfectly, is we've seen so many high schools run fast now, and we've seen it on the global stage, and people instantly jump to super spikes, which, fair enough, can have an effect on race times. But do you think there's been a step up for other reasons? And if so, what do you think those reasons are, if not just competitive nature of seeing people get faster, so you need to do, get faster as well? I think pretty much everything has just gotten better as time goes on, at least recently for sure just like high schoolers are now like brands are having us like travel out to meets together and with the goal for us to run fast and so that's a huge part of it i think that's overlooked is like these big national meets um and like them having pace lights for us and just getting all the best guys to run together because in the past it was more just like you stay closer to where you live and you race your local meets and if you're really good you're not going to get challenged so I think that's a, a big part of it that's often overlooked. I think the shoes do help. Um, I think the tracks are just better. That like people have more of a goal to run fast, not just the runners, but people who put on the meets. They they want to see fast times and they want to get a sub four at their meet so they can advertise it and bring more kids and get them excited to run there. So I think everyone I think recently there's been a lot of emphasis on running fast times, and that's part of it. I mean, that's just what people want right now. But I just think all technology has gotten better. Training has gotten better. It's just everything, in my opinion. And I have to ask you this now because I'm curious because it's probably the only spike I haven't tried at this point is the Hoka spike. So what is your favorite spike of the minute? Because we saw you wore Dragonflies at Eugene, but you wore Hoka spikes at the, I guess, the Hoka mile race. What What is your favorite spike at the minute? We've seen a few different things. My favorite spike right now is definitely the Dragonfly. We also saw Lex and Leo, they wear the on spikes now, and maybe some people wear the New Balance. Have you had a chance to try the on spikes and the New Balance spikes as well? I've tried the New Balance spikes. I definitely, they're pretty good. I would wear them more for faster races. Like if I ran 800, I'd be more tempted to wear them. Yeah. I have I have not been able to try the on spikes. I really want to because I like On's pro team a lot, and I wish they 
I think they're restocking them soon. Um, but I don't really see the point in getting a pair if I'm going to be going to Oregon because I'm going to be wearing Nike. But also, I'm really intrigued about the Dragonfly 2s or whatever, like the the all-white ones that I've seen people have been wearing. I'm really excited to get my hands on those. This is the confusing thing, right? Because um, firstly, I'll just say that I've tried – so the New Balance long-distance bike is probably – at the minute, Dragonfly is probably third for me. The New Balance long-distance bike is second and the on, the on spikes first. But it's very small margins, and I think for five and ten, they're probably the same. It's just that the faster paces, the on spike feels really good. But what I would say about the the new Nike spikes, so you've got the Airzone Victory 2 and the Dragonfly 2. I've heard the Airzone Victory 2 is like a really big improvement from the Airzone Victory 1, and it's a really good really? spike. I've heard the Dragonfly 2 is kind of like subtle changes. But if people pay attention to like what Jakob wears, which I do, in the two-mile world record, he wore the Dragonfly 2 which means that if he's going for a world record, he's happy to wear the Dragonfly 2, which hopefully would mean that it's better than the Ezin Victory because in all the 15 races, he'd be wearing the Ezin Victory. So he clearly thinks the Dragonfly 2 is really good. So yeah, just a bit geeking out on the spikes and what athletes wear. But it does look promising that the Dragonfly 2 is probably better than the Dragonfly 1, which is what you'd hope, I guess, with an upgrade. But yeah, I mean, at Oregon, you probably get shoes... I don't mean probably because they do it's like a year really. So anything that comes out soon or like next year, you'll probably be getting as soon as you get there anyway. So I guess that's quite a nice privilege to have being uh, at Phil Knight's favorite university. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I'm so excited to get all the, like, the latest Nike gear. And uh, I really haven't, I, I wear pretty, like I just buy like two pairs of shoes for a cycle and I don't train in super shoes or anything. So It'll be kind of cool to get my hands on some new technology and it'll be really fun. I'm sure a lot of people want to hear this now. So what is kind of your shoe rotation, I guess, for easy miles and training sessions and stuff like that? Um, I train in Brooks Adrenaline and Brooks Ghosts. For, sessions? Yeah, sessions. And then I, I just, um, not a whole big, like I just got them when I was in middle school when I first started running and I was like, well, I haven't gotten hurt in them yet, so I'll just keep buying them. And so, yeah, like the only time I'll like put on spikes or super shoes is like if I'm doing 400 meter repeats or faster. But other than that, I just train in normal shoes. I guess that that probably would like in the scheme of things help your mechanics improve because you're not getting as much of a, an assistance from the super shoes. And I guess my go on, sorry. Yeah, no, the, the my belief is that the reason why I'm able to kick really well at the end of races is because like super shoes is just too easy. Like I've ran a workout on super shoes before and it's just, it's too easy. I run super quick. I don't feel like as much lactate or junk building up in my, in my legs. But when I have on my normal training, I can like, I feel it's just, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's hard, but in like a different way. I feel like my, my muscles just have to de develop a lot better than I would if I wore super shoes. And I think super shoes can be benefit in some way, but I think my type of training, uh, it wouldn't really, it would just hurt my, uh, it'd probably be more of an injury risk. Cause I'll be running a lot faster all the time. And so if I'm able to get the same benefit at slower paces, I think that's benefit for me. Yeah, so as soon as you go to Oregon, then you'll definitely be training like the Pegasus and the Street Fly as your session shoes and not like the next percent or something like that. Which I'm not completely sure. Like, 
Uh, that might change a little bit in the future just because the training might be different. Like yeah. if I'm running a lot more miles, I should, and I want to run sessions with my teammates who have super shoes on, I may not be able to hang with that if I'm not wearing super shoes or I might just get like way overworked. So I'm not completely sure what I'm going to do in the future, but that's just what I've done in the past. Yeah. I think, I think the key thing is to make sure you like your body's protected. So like whatever cushion you can get is, is one thing. And I think obviously Bauman track club, train a lot in street flies like as well as the next percents and the street flies are probably much more up your street than the next percents in terms of that kind of natural feeling but still get a lot of protection so hopefully i have heard a lot of the oregon sessions are really hard so maybe sometimes you're gonna have to switch it up but i think for the most part you'll probably be fine in street flies which are a really good shoe if you haven't yeah. tried them already um there's so many questions i'll i i know I mean, we put out questions that I know followers will want to know. So I do want to give them some service in asking those questions. But one question I had what was written down already, what I have is leaving high school now. I know it probably goes very fast, especially since you kind of went through it, oh, I guess, middle school as well during like COVID. So it's kind of all merged into one. But is there any like, what was your like proudest moment leaving high school? It doesn't have to be your best time or anything like that. It doesn't even have to be running related. But what would you say is your, like your proudest moment or best moment uh, from high school? running related it was probably when i broke four for the first time that just for me it showed that i didn't really put limits on myself and the main reason was because no one expected it um i didn't fully expect it but that was fine because i never limited myself and i never panicked during the race when i came through in like 303 which was way faster than ever come through before and i was just proud of myself for not even caring that I came through that fast and just still trying to win the race. So that was probably my proudest running moment. Um, aside from that, that's hard. It's hard to think about. Uh, I will say my, my senior year in high school was kind of tough. Yeah. Uh, it was, I was ready to move on um, after my junior year. And so I guess I'm proud of myself for just being able to uh, just keep my calm and just be like, I mean, I may not like going to school every day and it really sucks, you know, like just being in classes where I feel like I'm not being super productive um, and then going out and doing a session by myself. And just some of those days are tough and I'm proud of myself for like never giving up and like never um, feeling sorry for myself. That's fair. I think, I mean, it's different here. We don't have high school. We have like sixth form, which is the same thing. But the last year of that was the hardest year of my life, just from the exact same thing. I was in like lessons just falling asleep because I was tired from training. And like, also I just hated it. So I would say you've got, it's on the up now. Like university is a lot nicer than than high school. So at least you've got, so hopefully that's that's a bit better. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, we do have a lot of follow-up questions and some of them are more serious than others, I guess. So the first one is how much confident, how much do you think confidence plays a part in your wins versus how much, like, do you think you just fit in everyone else? Like how much do you reckon it is like the split of confidence versus you just better at running than everyone else? It's hard to say. I feel like I'm never that confident. I almost feel like I lack confidence in a certain way. I always feel extremely nervous. Like, and I think that's part of what helps me. Like, I think, that's the lack of confidence is almost what makes me so dangerous when it comes to in the race. Cause I have so much respect for my competitors. And I think 
they've run these crazy sessions. They're so good. Like on paper with my workouts, I should be able to beat them. But in the race, I almost just expect to win. Like I don't try to train myself to think that, but naturally that's just what I think. And like, I don't see myself ever being satisfied being in a high school race and not winning. So like, if I want to be like happy about how the race went, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be winning and I'll, I'll make moves like that. Like I'm just not afraid to make moves and I'm not afraid to put myself in a really good position to win where I feel like lots of people will get into a race and they'll be like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm where I should be, but they're not in the best position. They should be. They're not being aggressive. They're not going for the win. They're running to be proud of themselves. Like they'd be proud of themselves. If they run a good time. Whereas if I run a good time and I, and I lost to a high school, I will not be proud of myself at all. So like I'm a hundred percent going for the win a hundred percent of the time when I was in my high school career. And I think that helped a lot. Mentally, it's a massive difference racing for a win compared to being happy with the time. Like a lot of the time you just think about the time and like, like you probably said, if you do when you went through in 303 and you were purely just thinking about that time, you might have actually backed off because you were probably thinking, wow, this is quicker than I've ever ran before. I need to back off. Like a lot of people would go through the race and think that. So the fact that you don't think like that probably helps you drastically, especially when the race gets tough or when it gets fast because you're just focused about winning, that it kind of gives you that extra edge. So it's, it's not so much confidence. It's more wanting to win, but also doing the right thing, like knowing what things to do rather than, being confident in your ability to do those things. Does that make sense? I guess it kind of merges into one. Yeah. It's, it's just a lot of it's just discipline too. like within a race to never let yourself slack off. And even when you're feeling a lot of pain to know that I need to stick on this group. Cause if I fall off now, I may not be able to catch back up. But then if you do fall off, you have to have the discipline to not count yourself out. Hmm. Um, Cause if you like watch Arcadia, I got, I was, I was out the back door, like laps six and seven, I think, or five, six and seven. Like they had a five to 10 meter gap at one point, but I wanted to win so bad. And I was disciplined enough where with like 500 meters to go, I saw the group ahead of me and I pretty much just started kicking already. And it was definitely the hardest race, one of the hardest races I've ever like ran in my life. I don't know how I found those gears, but this, my desire to win and the discipline um those two combined i think it'll it makes you pretty much unbeatable if you have proper training yeah yeah so it's just a combination of everything it's not really i guess it's just put a, a stamp on one certain thing um you did mention there how you've seen other people's sessions and you know they i guess yours would pale in comparison to either fact you're wearing easy mileage shoes so what are kind of some examples of session you do that you're allowed to say without giving away too many training secrets Yeah, all my all my training is public on my Strava account, so you could you can check that out. But staple workouts, I mean, it's nothing crazy. Like we'll do like six times a K, um, classic just speed workouts. You know, four hundreds. We'll do two hundreds. We do a lot of like two mile tempos before speed sessions. I do a lot of threshold work, so like one minute on, one minute off, four minutes on, one minute off, three minutes on, two minutes off. It's very standard training. And yeah, like I said, it's all my Strava. So if the listeners are interested, you can just check that out. Yeah, that, that'll be in the link in the description. And uh, probably also analyzing it in a YouTube video coming up on Traxler because that'll probably get a lot of views. So I'm going <laughs> to milk that while I can. So 
Uh, the next the next question from a follower is who has been your running hero slash idol? Ooh. Mo Farah has been like since I was a kid. That's the guy I looked up to because I love the way he raced. I love the way he kicked. Um, he just he seemed that when he set them the line, he just seemed to win. And that's what I'm trying to replicate. Like even now, I just love the way where he often wasn't the fastest guy, but he was just able to win. And that's just super cool to me. Like you don't have to be in the best shape to win. You just have to run the best tactically. You have to not be afraid to make moves. And if more people replicated that, I think they could win a lot more. I might be stressing your uh, how much you idolize Mo Farah, but have you got a favorite Mo Farah race? Any of his Olympic races, I like. I love watching those over and over again, and they almost kind of blend together because they, they all seem so similar. With like, he just kind of winds it up when it comes to like a couple laps ago, and that's just the coolest thing to me is watch like the carnage behind him and him just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. It's just it's pretty inspiring. Yeah, and I think I think he kind of goes into it thinking, if I'm at the front, no one's getting around me, and that's all. That yeah. So as long as long as I'm there, as long as I'm at the front with a lap to go, no one's getting around me. And I think the only time he's ever lost a championship since he won his first gold, I guess, was his final championship track race where he actually wasn't in the lead with 400 to go. That's the only time he's ever lost, and that's just because someone he had to run further than someone else. Every other time yeah. he has won, like even in his final track race, which is probably my favorite. Where just after the world's where he lost, and he he kind of you know went to the front in traditional manner, and then there's Kajelcha, Edris, Baravia, and him and Chalimo all like diving for the line together. And it was oh like, yeah, like, no, that's that's a classic. Yeah, I think one time on tracks, so this was a long time ago, so hopefully we don't get in trouble now. I shared that race and got so many views, and I had to take it down because it was copyright. <laughs> I didn't know about copyright then, but I was just so upset <laughs> I had to take it down. So. I've already asked kind of what your favorite shoes are. So that's a that's another question, favorite shoes and spikes. So dragonflies. And then I guess it'd be dragonflies for racing. And then you've got the Brooks Ghost and the Adrenaline, which is that right? Adrenaline Ghost? Yep. Yep. So obviously I part of what I do with Tracks is I get sent loads of shoes. And I get sent the Brooks Ghost. Uh, I think I haven't had adrenaline for a while. And I just it's it's hard for me to imagine, but everyone everyone is different. So if you like them, that's all that matters, I guess. But maybe also you've you've not had the luxury of trying all the different shoes where maybe you'd be like, that'd be cool if I could have them. But it works. So who cares? Next question is it doesn't have to be what you do often, but what is like sort of your favorite workout to do? Favorite workout? Anything speed related, I love. One of my favorite workouts I did this this year was I did a threshold or a tempo in the morning, which sucks. I don't like tempoing. But in the afternoon, I had I got to do 300, 250, 200, 150 with like three minute rest. And it was pretty much like all out. Like I was just running like 50 second quarter pace for those reps. So I, my first like 300 was like 37 mid 250. I don't know what I what I ran for that because I don't even think we timed that one because we didn't we didn't want to do the math 200. Uh, like 24 25 and then the 150 was kind of i don't really care about the time on that one either but that was just really fun because you know you get a spike up you get longer rest and you you get you get a tie up you tie up pretty early on i'd, I'd have to agree even though i'm like a very aerobic runner my favorite sessions was the speed ones there's just something more fun about like having an accomplishment of being able to run that fast or like there's a different feeling you have post session as well where it's a speed session Sometimes that's a lot of lactic pain, but 
generally like you just feel like you've done a really good workout when you when you're fast and then it kind of because of the mechanics like because speed's the quickest thing to improve just one session you could actually just improve your speed so you just always, always have that feeling even towards the end of a session you, when you're rolling there's just it feels great when you're running fast so i have to agree um i'd say probably like speed but like flat out speed but like lactic speed's a different story like if you ask me to do like 400s fast that would be a no but like speed speed is, is definitely fun um i kind of feel i don't like asking this question because it's kind of boring but a lot of people will want to know and what's kind of your like weekly structure in terms of i guess mileage and training what does it kind of look like is it just the, the traditional like i guess it'd be like tuesday thursday sessions or something like that very traditional i run six days a week two workouts a week i don't have like a set structure of when those workouts workouts are it changes quite a bit depending on like when i'm racing um so like often i'll just have sundays off um monday will be an easy run and then just standard workout tuesday and then workout again thursday or friday and then long run saturday very standard i feel like people will be upset by that because they'll be like i wish there was some secret i could start doing but there's not so that's quite sad yeah Whenever you hear that an old, like a really good runner trains the same as everyone else, you're like, ah, oh, shame. I wish I could have done some double thresholds yeah. or something to get better, which I mean you can, but it's, it doesn't work for everyone. So I've got some quick fire questions for you. We've got four minutes left on this call before Zoom kicks us off because we're too cheap to pay. So I'm going to try and get them done in four minutes. <laughs> if I right. have to quickly recall, but I'm just going to shoot them off for you and then we can see how it goes. What is one Netflix show or TV show or film that you recommend for everyone else to watch? Better Call Saul. Okay. That's the, the Laurie program, isn't it? He's a lawyer. Yeah. Is that right? Saul Goodman is a lawyer? Saul Goodman, yeah. yeah okay. um, passions outside of running, other than the saxophone? Disc golf. Disc golf, okay. Best thing about being a runner? The feeling after winning a race. The worst thing about being a runner, not the feeling after losing a race? <laughs> uh, injury. A harsh truth the running world needs to hear. Oh gosh, I'm try- I don't want to be too political. Um, you can be. We, we've got some. We've got some time left, so maybe you can be political and go in depth to defend yourself. But. I was going to say, um, it's not hard to be good. Okay, there are people with worse genetics, and you might disagree with that, but we'll we'll go with it. Um, one thing about the sport you'd change more major races like having having Olympic type track races more often or making every all the best people race more often okay yeah and in 10 years time what would be your target within running and also outside of running or where do you want to be in 10 years time I would like to have won an Olympic gold medal and um, live in a tropical place. Any specific tropical place? No. <laughs> just anywhere. It's- <laughs> anywhere tropical. <laughs> so Miami will do just fine then. Is that, actually, that's not- uh, I should I should say like more like Hawaii. Less popular tropical yeah. place like Philippines or something. Okay, very nice, very nice, like Bali kind of kind of vibe. 
We yeah. haven't been to a tropical place before. Like we speak to a lot of Americans that have never been anywhere other than America. So have you, have I've been you... to Puerto Rico. I mean, that's okay. Yeah, still kind of American, but it's more tropical. Yeah, it's far enough away, and I guess it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's they speak Spanish or Portuguese. Yeah, yeah. Okay, something like that. The final question, which was a follow-up question we missed off, is who is the second best high school distance runner on the men's side? Obviously, yourself being first. Rocky Hansen. Okay. I feel like that's, that's good because I feel like everyone more like Connor Burns or Lex or Leo. So I'm glad you said Rocky Hansen because that's just throws it off a bit. I have uh, a lot of respect for that kid. He's so good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's so many good runners now, but yeah, Rocky kind of flows under the radar, I think, because of the Leos and the Burns and you. And it's, it's always the same, how there's always like, I guess, the Salmons and the Youngs who kind of take all the limelight. But then there's also runners who then, you know, go to high school and then go to the collegiate system and suddenly start outperforming them. So do you think that's going to be the case with Rocky? I think Rocky's going to be incredibly good. Yeah. I believe uh, he may be uh, – I still think I have more potential for him in college just because that's kind of my mindset, but – I, w- I would have I would have loved to have Rocky come to Oregon. I just think he's a great guy, and he he is an extremely strong competitor. Like he no- doesn't really have bad races, and he's always just in the mix trying to win it. Thank you for listening. As mentioned, please leave us a review on the podcast platform you listen on.